0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Backcheck the Hockey History podcast where we evaluate players' cases for the Hall of Fame. My name is Riley and I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right, thanks. And we're we're changing things up slightly this episode. Normally, or in the past, we've done eligible player, recently inducted player, and old-timer. And this episode we are actually going to do two recently inducted players because we have yet to uh where there's a recently announced uh new hall of fame class and as we've mentioned on previous episodes i think we have also sort of run out of good eligible players enough good eligible players to talk to about every every episode yeah, we're, so
1: we're we're not quite scra- scraping the bottom of the barrel yet but like almost anybody we're going to consider is going to be like you can you can make a case for them if you try really hard but like most of them were going to be saying no to, so it's like, well, yeah. do we need do we need to do that to that guy? Probably not. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and the case in point being that we uh, we did an episode with Dale Hunter, so <laughs> that's like all you need to know about that. That we were like, hey, let's talk about Dale Hunter's case. So yeah. uh, to that end, uh, we have Doug Wilson, who was uh, in, it, it will be inducted this year, uh, and then we have Al McInnes, who was inducted about a decade ago. And then we have Burt Corbo, um, who I gotta say, off the top of my head, I I should have looked this up ahead of time. I don't remember whether he's in or not. I think he is? Um, I'm gonna look it up right now. No, he is not. So, um, anyway, he is also a defenseman, and he's also a defenseman that scored, though not to the extent that these guys scored, because, you know, they're two of the highest scoring defensemen in the sport. Um, So we are starting off with Doug Wilson, who was just inducted, or will be inducted, rather, this year. He was announced as an inductee uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess. And uh, he played uh, from 1977 to 1993, so 16 seasons. Fourteen of those or so were quality. Um, He is, because of when he played in part, he is still uh, in the top uh, 25 in lots of offensive categories for defensemen. He's 11th all time in goals. He was sixth at his retirement. He's 18th all time in assists. He was ninth at his retirement. He is 15th all time in points. He's eighth at his retirement. Um, and he is the 12th uh, at his retirement. He was 12th all time in point shares among defensemen and 24th all time in offensive point shares um, among defensemen as, uh, and ninth at his retirement. So basically, at his retirement, he was one of the top 10 offensive defensemen in the history of the game. And, uh, that is, uh, in totals. I should point out, not in terms of per game. Uh, and that uh, is obviously not so true anymore. It's his, his numbers have dropped because, you know, there's been a lot of high scoring, uh, defensemen since, especially yeah. recently. Yeah. The,
1: the game's changed quite a bit. Right. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, and with guys like Carlson and Burns, uh, in the league, you know, he's, uh, he's definitely got like contemporary, uh, Competition as well; they were going to bump them down a little bit further if they haven't already. So, we always like to talk about the draft, and he was drafted in nineteen seventy-seven. So he went straight into the NHL for the draft. The draft is the Dale McCourt draft, um, and Wilson was six overall. And uh, so he's he's a defenseman. We got to keep that in mind. But uh, despite being a defenseman, he has graded out really well among his draft. He is sixth in goals, first in assists, third in points, seventh in plus-minus, uh, second in point shares, and third in games played. So you know, he is one of the best players in the gra- draft. Only really exceeded in the in the skater department uh, by or, uh, or
1: or Rod Langway. Some people might argue.
0: Yeah, I as we talked about in our uh, in our defensive defenseman episode, I really I at some point I just need to watch some old like film of Raudalainen right? because like I I don't I can't believe it until I watch it because I yeah. find the like the hype hilariously like you know there are people who believe he's the greatest defensive defenseman of all time, which I, I don't know I mean I don't know how you figure that out the, the whole league was defensive defenseman until Bobby Orr well until Reg Kelly so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway you
1: know, the the 80s had a lot of offensive guys and maybe yeah. it's just maybe it's just that he was one of those guys who was really underrated because he didn't put up the points and so yeah people sort of see his defensive prowess as maybe even greater than it was um or or just his value as as greater than it was but i don't know like it's
0: but you're right bill because if you go by norris's langway has two and mike and and doug wilson has one so yeah yeah um but like, yeah, if you go by point shares, Mike Bossy is a hair above Doug Wilson, but he also played in uh, one third as many games. So you know, if it was point shares I per game, he would obviously way ahead. He's
1: he's Mike Bossy,
0: like he's he's Mike Bossy. I, he I, has he has twice as many goals as Doug him. Wilson in a in a third as many games.
1: Yeah. He scored 50 I think just about every healthy season. I think every healthy season he
0: played. Yeah I don't um, think he, he ever scored more he might have 40 I don't know he might have scored 49 once but it was like mostly 50 every year It was like nine yeah, times when like, he I, I, scored 50
1: Yeah it's like crazy he put up crazy numbers I think I can't remember if it's him or Mario that has the highest goals per game it's close
0: Yeah he's way way up there yeah yeah and he, and just we will have a Mike Bossy episode at some point in the future but like just to give you an idea of how much he dominates this draft he has 573 goals the next want to take a wild stab at who has the next most goals or or how many he has
1: uh is it Doug Wilson with 200 and whatever he has <laughs> no
0: no but it's it's that it's that absurd it's John Tanelli and he has oh, yeah. 300 is 325 Now, uh, Wilson is uh, 37-ish assists ahead of Mike Bossy, but again, he played in three hundred, almost 300 more games. Yeah. Uh, and then points-wise, Mike Bossy has 1,126, John Tonelli has 836, and then Doug Wilson has 827. So, I mean, with Rod Langway, the three best skaters in the draft are Mike Bossy, Doug Wilson, and Rod Langway, presumably. I think John Tonelli's 836 points in 1,000 games is not really getting in there. Um, And uh, and then, you know, they're good goalies. Uh, Pete Peters is here. Um, He was, for a while, a good goalie. He had a very short career, though, so I don't know if that counts. And there's also uh, Greg Millen and Glenn Hanlon. I don't think anyone's going to be arguing that they were better than those guys. Probably. <laughs> um, at,
1: least, at least it recognizes those names. <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: yeah I mean it, it's it's not a great draft, but it's also not the worst, you know like it's, yeah, like,
1: well, it's, it's a hell of a draft for the Islanders.
0: <laughs> it's a hell of a draft for the Islanders. It is a hell of a draft for the islanders. It is uh,
1: I, I, do, I do believe it's John Tonelli that scores their uh, their first cup winning goal. <laughs> that, 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 the famous offside goal that against uh, against the Flyers. Pretty sure it's John tonelli of this course.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely... Yeah. It, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I know,
1: yeah. I wasn't born yet, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly.
0: I was a baby if I was alive, yeah. yeah. Um. But, you know, It. it yeah, I guess I guess it's not the greatest ever because only three players uh, played 1,000 uh, games. Um. But, you know, a fair number played 500. I don't know. It, you know, there have been worse drafts and there have been better drafts, that is for sure. It did not go super. I mean, Dale McCourt, you know, was not the best player by a lot, so it didn't work out. the 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 people who picked first, everybody who picked ahead of number uh, of Chicago at number six, didn't do that well. You know, I guess, I guess Robert Picard might have been okay. I don't know. I don't know enough about him. But like, it's it's Dale McCourt, Barry Beck, Robert Picard, Jerry Gillis or Jerry Gillis maybe, uh, Mike Crombie, and then Doug Wilson. So, ouch.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's actually interesting. We were just talking about uh, John Tanelli. He didn't score. He's the one who fed the Passover. It was Bob Nyström. Okay. okay. You, know who they, you know who they scored on though?
0: What? Glenn Hanlon?
1: No, Pete Peters. Oh, Pete Peters. Oh,
0: duh. Of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Flyers. Uh, that, yeah.
1: that whole draft had a had a huge uh, huge impact on that that uh, that big cup moment.
2: Yeah. And I also, Bob par-
1: Nyström had a totally sweet mustache for that goal. <laughs> but that was the first one they won so and it was in overtime at home and flyers fans i'm sure if any of them are listening are like irate right now because it was clearly offside if you look at the footage <laughs> yeah. but you know it's they didn't have review back then and uh yeah. just the way it goes
0: yep so uh we like to do an error comparison as well and of the 11th 11 defensemen to play in at least 984 games, which is 12 seasons between 77 and 93. Wilson is the second or third best offensive defenseman of that era. He's second in goals, second in goals per game, third in assists, third in everything else, ninth in plus minus, second in offensive point shares, seventh in defensive point shares, and fourth in point shares. So top five-ish defensemen of that era. Um, not, doesn't mean player, but uh, defenseman, at least by point share metric, which of course is helped by the fact that Wilson scored a lot of goals for, goal, uh, defenseman. Yes. Um, his 82 game average is six, is a 66 points in 82 games, which is very high for a defenseman, but not that high for a player in the eighties. Um, his three year peak is a pretty incredible. 78 points per season. Uh, but it was really hard to calculate. I should mention because his very best years were actually spread apart. So if you sort by, at least you go by points per games, Sorry, right? um, He had like his very best year was in 87, 88. The second best year was 81, 82. So it was hard to like pick a particular era with just the three year thing. But anyway, we did. And, uh, and yeah, 78 points per 80, per 80 game season is, is very good for a defenseman. Um, uh, so, but of course, it was the 80s, but still. Um, the other thing that's really relevant for his Hall of Fame case is the playoff stats. Uh, when he retired, he was uh, top 15 defenseman in goals, playoff goals, and he was uh, um, 12th in assists and 11th in points. He is now top 24, he's 24th in assists and points, and he's out of the top. 25 in goals but still he was you know one of the highest scoring defensemen um in uh in playoff history when he retired like uh and then um per game it's a little it was uh actually very very flattering in terms of the so his regular season per game he wasn't he 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 was never really that great like he he i guess he must be healthier than the people like who would be above him on that list. Um, but in terms of the playoffs, he's, he's uh, at his retirement, he was seventh all time in assists per game for defenseman, the eighth all time in terms of points per game, which is pretty oh. damn impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I,
1: I, I distinctly remember him like when I was like a little kid, obviously, cause his career, what, he played until 93, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. '93. Yeah,
1: so like that would have been really started watching hockey in like 88, 89. So like I would have seen just the very end of his career Um, but I just remember him sort of being like this really good and, you know, veteran players back then, there were so many more really good veteran players who, you know, you only got replaced by a younger version of yourself if you fell off a cliff kind of thing. Um, so I I just remember him being like a rock solid player of like, you know, every time I watched a game with him in it, it was like, ah, Doug Wilson, blah, blah, blah. Like he's doing his thing. Like just nobody seemed amazed by anything he did like just sort of like a rock, but it, it's toward the end of his career that I would have seen him too. Right. So it's just like, you know, there's that guy you can always count on him to get these points and play this role. and um, So, you know, maybe I, I probably missed the peak of his career where he would have, would have wowed me by watching him. But I also, you know, you, you could watch every game back then. And I was a kid, so I probably wouldn't have even if I could have. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was not, I never saw him play. I was, uh, just it was just not <laughs> i i was uh i just started watching hockey his final seasons and yeah. i was not watching i mean the least played the blackhawks so I, I i should have remembered him but like it was at a time when i was a very i don't know i just wasn't um you know like you mentioned this i think last episode we recorded bill where it's like you're a kid you don't necessarily even know who's playing with who yeah you just sort of want your team to win and you're you know, and that's yeah. that's that's You it. notice who scores the goals, right? That's yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I didn't. I definitely didn't. Uh, I don't remember him, even though I probably did see him play because probably during at least Black game, I would have seen him play. I just have no memory of it. But that's not really a surprise. <laughs> i have always like, I I say now, it's it, it's years years later. Uh, you know, I I was I was uh. I was twelve when the Blue Jays won their second World Series, so I should in theory remember it better. I have very little memory of it. And the only reason I think my brother has a much better memory of it is he uh, he used to watch our VHS tapes of it over and over and over. So of course he remembers what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I think sometimes the people who have really good memories of this stuff have, have gone and refreshed them, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah absolutely. If I haven't done, I haven't put the effort in. So, of course, I don't remember. So, anyway. Uh, enough about that. Yeah, so he does have his playoff numbers, at least uh, compared to other defensemen, are quite impressive. And I think, especially given, like, the Blackhawks were only good part of the time he was on them. Um,
1: yeah. Like, really, they they did not have a lot of, fantastic teams like I, I there's a couple of teams that went to some conference championships uh, yeah during his career but uh, you know no cups and all that kind of stuff so yeah. I'd say it's, it's tough but I mean if his playoff stats are still that good it's pretty impressive because they were not they were not a juggernaut by any means
0: yeah They're Um.
1: competitive right yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny yeah, it's I, I, <laughs> I I made a boo-boo uh, anyway is no big deal. We'll work with it, uh, as as you can probably see by looking at the phone. Um, yeah, so uh, he's he's of course Doug Wilson is legendary for uh, being the defenseman. Like other than uh, um, other than Bobby Orr and Paul Coffey, he scored the most goals in a season of any defenseman. Right, thirty nine one year, um, and that was the year he won the Norris. Uh, he has one Norris. He has uh, uh, top five finishes three other times, which is way more than I was expecting, actually. Um, but, yeah, he, he's famous for scoring 39 goals in 91, or 81-82. And, uh, as I said, the only other people who score more than him are Bobby Orr and Paul Coffey. Uh, Kevin Hatcher came close, I think. Right?
2: Kevin Hatcher? Yeah,
0: Ke- yeah. Yeah, Kevin Hatcher had a 30-something... I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, he had one year where he like scored an absolute ton of goals. Um, I think well, it must it have been
1: him. when he was with the Penguins playing with Mario. I'm guessing, right? Like,
0: I think so. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was actually. It might have been the Capitals.
1: Really? Wow! Yeah, yeah. I had no idea it was that good because uh, by the time well, I was like religiously watching hockey, I think Darian had taken over because we went to clutch and grab, cross check, people in the face hockey. So he was he excelled at that. <laughs> I I will.
0: I'm gonna. Um, if if you just bear with me, I'm going to tell, I'm going to figure that out for us. So uh, single season goals, regular season, defenseman only. So it's it's coffee and ore. So Dick Clapper technically had 41 in 1929-30, but Dick Clapper played on the wing a ton. I don't think he was playing as a defenseman then. So then it's Doug Wilson and at 39. And then the next guy is Kevin. Oh, look at me. Kevin Hatcher, 34 in, in uh, 1993 for the Capitals. Wow. This is why you play wow. hockey trivia online, because you can pull stuff like that out of your ass.
1: That is, that is really, really impressive. I, I had no idea he'd ever scored more than 20. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then, of course, no one did it again until uh, Mike Green. Um, and then, of course, Brent Burns is a 29. He's the most recent guy to have this many but basically a lot of doug wilson's lore i think and, and the fact that he won the norse this year a lot of this has to do with this like the only other defenseman i mean he didn't score 40 but it was one goal away from 40 and he's the only other defenseman to score at least 35 goals right kevin hatcher at 34 so three yeah. goal three in history provided you don't accept dick clappers 41 which i think i he was a forward i'm pretty damn sure um anyway uh so, but he, here's the crazy thing. He scored 39 once. He never scored 30 again. He scored 23 and then 22 the other two years that he had really high years. Um, So, like, he had this one crazy year where he must have been playing. Like, he was playing with, I believe, Denny Savard was on that team. Um,
1: yes. Wait, wait, was that in, uh, what year?
0: Yeah, he was. Uh, this is 82.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: So, it's, so the team is Savard- the leaders on the team are Savard, Wilson, Lizziak, Secord, and then nobody else has more than 50 points. Wow. Um, they were like uh, not great. They were the, yeah. course, because it's the NHL. They made the playoffs and somehow made it to the conference finals, but it, they were eight. Uh, uh, hockey Reference has them as the 15th best team out of 21 that year. So
1: that uh, that was '82, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was in Vancouver, beat him in the, woo! <laughs> there you go. I've got to celebrate every win over Chicago, even if I was one when it happened. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: um, yeah so, yeah, anyway.
1: I, I don't think either one of those teams are that great. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, no, no, he, and, and, but, like, you know, he, he I mean, I think we'll, we can delve into his Norris trophy more, but, like, you know, he was, this is his line, well, let's do it right now. This is his line when he won the Norris Trophy: thirty-nine goals, forty-six assists, eighty-five plus one in seventy-six games. So he had a hell of an offensive season. I mean, whether or not he deserved the Norris for that season is, yeah. you know, this the his team was uh, seventh in goals for, nineteenth in, in goals against. Man, so, that's. You know, that's uh third third worst defensive season in the yeah, sorry defensive team in the league and he gets the norris as the best defenseman it's worth wondering wow.
1: about. He, he, he was a plus one i guarantee you not too many people were a plus
0: <laughs> that's yeah that's true he might oh, yeah actually i should i should look at where he ranks on his team that year in, in terms of pluses um but uh um what was i going to say yeah there's some really nasty minuses so Somebody named Keith Brown was plus five. Uh, Peter Marsh was plus four. Dave Hutchison plus four. Glenn Sharpley plus two. And Florian Robidoux, Robidoux, uh plus five. But that guy played four games. Or he's plus two, I mean, sorry. He played four games. So, yeah, I mean, he definitely, he was plus one on a really, really bad team. Um, and uh, Al Secord was minus 17, to give you some idea. <laughs> not really bad team not very good team um yeah. anyway i think i think definitely uh you can debate that norris but the fact is that he's still one of three players in the history of the sport uh defenseman in the history of the sport to score that many goals and i think it's just it really stood out for people
1: yeah i, I mean it's it if you can if you can give you know uh a guy who dragged his team to not being the worst team in the league for you know for the heart, then why can't you do it for the Norris, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I, and,
1: and uh, uh, that was that was his 39 goal season too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's so what I mean. Like, I mean.
1: Yeah, a, yeah, it's a pretty outstanding number, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's it's like that year that uh, that Carlson kind of went bonkers and was like a point a game, and it's like defensemen don't do that anymore. We have to give it to him, even yeah. if the Senators suck. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and you got to assume that him and Savard were playing like far and away the most minutes um, on that team yeah. or the, um, among their respective positions. So he, he also he scored 50, he had 50 assists three times. Um, he had 85 points the year on the Norris, and then he had 70 points a few other times. Um, you know, managed to score 50 points like half his career, basically. Uh, and, you know, aside from a really, really bad couple seasons, last two seasons. You know, Doug Wilson is only, he finished his career plus 55. But had he never got, but he'd never played for the, uh, um, if he'd never played for the uh, San Jose Sharks, he would be like plus 100 <laughs> because his yeah. <of> last two <laughs> seasons are minus 28 and minus 38 oh <laughs> for, the, for the Sharks <laughs> because he was one of their only players. And, yeah, And he was also old at that point. Well, not that old, but like, yeah, yeah, mid 30s, actually. Yeah, and and any
1: any younger listeners might find it shocking that they didn't use to load up the expansion team. <laughs> they just gave them like, okay, give everybody, uh, let them pick from everybody's fourth line and last D pairing, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's like a yeah. guaranteed suck for a decade kind of beginning.
0: Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so Wilson also he he was uh, obviously he was the first team all end of seam and the season all-star when he won the Norris, that would be crazy if he wasn't. And he made two other uh, second teams. Um, so that's a, you know, um, that's a vote in his favor. Um, playoffs wise, uh, he, they made the finals, the Blackhawks made the finals in 1990 and he had a, uh, he had a good, despite being in his thirties, he had a good, uh, playoff. He was, uh, I'm just going to double check here. Um, he led all defensemen in points with 15, all uh, well, defensemen on his team, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's his job, right? He's the offensive defenseman. So, uh, he appears to have done his job correctly. Um, and then of course, as Bill said, he made a couple conference finals in the eighties. Um, otherwise his playoff totals that he has for defensemen are come from the fact that they, you know, it was the eighties and they made the playoffs, even though they weren't that great. Um, and, uh, you know, so he is, he doesn't have a lot of, um, should I say, like, there, like he didn't go far in the playoffs, but he was in the playoffs most years. I think if I'm off the top of my head, every year from, uh, almost every year from when he joined the league until 1991, he missed one year. And then, of course, he went to San Jose, and then that stopped. Because, you know. Yeah. The beginning of
1: San Jose was not fantastic. Although it didn't take them that long to really get up to speed. I think it was like '94. They made the playoffs and upset uh, upset Calgary or Detroit. It wasn't Detroit? It had to be Calgary, right?
0: Yeah, it had to be Calgary. Yeah. Um, and so he has he has one he has one international achievement. He was on the '84 uh, Canada Cup team that won. Um, he was uh, oh, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to figure out. He was. It's hard to tell. Uh, so people scored so many points. Like Paul Coffey had eleven points. Doug Wilson had three. So it's safe to say he was lower down on the depth chart than Paul Coffey, <laughs> which would make sense. Um, but uh, yeah, so he doesn't actually because the play, the because the Blackhawks were in the playoffs every year, and because. Um, it was a different time as well, and there's maybe a little less opportunity to play international hockey because there's no Olympics for pros, for example. He doesn't have a lot of international achievements, um, which is not a surprise. So basically, here's the case. He was one of the better offensive defensemen in his era, and he won the Norse, right? Yeah. I think that's the argument. Mm -hmm. So I guess the big question, Bill, is do you buy it?
1: a tough one um i think he's definitely worthy of consideration um you know his 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 era overlaps with some other pretty great defensemen so i don't think i don't even know if he if you ever would have considered him to be a top five defenseman in the league i mean maybe but probably for a pretty brief window um you know, you have guys like uh, by the time like Wilson's sort of hitting his stride, you're getting guys like Bork and uh, um, uh, McKinnis, and like some other guys are coming in the league that are clearly better. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it's a bit of a tricky one. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence.
0: Bork was uh, there not that long after right like yeah yeah exactly he was drafted only I think two years later or something so
1: but you also you also don't have to be the best defenseman in the NHL to be worthy of going into the Hall of Fame you know I mean otherwise you know you end up with poor guys like Brad Park and yeah uh, uh, let's say let's say let's say if you're gonna most people would if you're going to put Lidstrom above Pronger and it's like, well, they both played in the same era. So Pronger's number two, he doesn't get in. But like, no, like just because one guy is fantastic, doesn't mean the other guy's not equally worthy of the hall of fame. Just the other guys, a, you know, once in a generation superstar, like you almost have to not count those guys. And then if a guy's top five or top 10 after that, then you're at least looking at him, you know? So I I would say he's definitely worthy of consideration. I don't know if I put him in, I don't know if that, that one good season and the Norris sort of goes like, Ooh, maybe. But after that, he was just sort of consistently good. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough one, but his numbers when he retired were really, really good. So I might take over. I
0: was, I was never on a desperate to get him in the, like, for me, when he got, when he got looked over in the past, it never bothered me like a lot of the players bothered me. Like, you know, like, as we've talked about ad nauseum, I'm sure everyone's very happy for us to bring up uh, Lindros and Bure again. But like when those yeah. guys didn't get inducted year after year, it made me insane. Yeah. Like it, Doug Wilson <laughs> never bothered me. I can see the case. Like you said, Bill, especially given where he was ranked among defensemen offensively when he retired. But I also think his Norris is fishy. The one thing that, that, says to me, maybe not so fishy is he did finish top five in voting three other times. So clearly people thought a lot about him, at least for a while, but it was the eighties. And I don't know I that Norris is just like, he scored for 39 goals. Okay. But like, like Paul coffee at the time, presumably he wasn't playing a lot of defense. And I, it, there was that brief, like the Rod Langway Norris is always feel like a correction to me. Because the two years before Rod Langway wins, Doug Wilson wins. And the year before Doug Wilson wins, Randy Carlisle wins with his minus whatever. But he had 80 points, so give it to him, you know? And, like, it was like for two years the voters were like, who's the best offensive defenseman in the league? Give it to that guy. And then suddenly someone was like, remember, it's a defensive position, right? And someone's like, oh, yeah, Rod Langway. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I always – much like I sort of feel like there should be a best player versus MVP award, I sort of feel like there should be like a statistical, like best statistical season for a defenseman award so that people I, I, don't I vote for the, them for the Norris, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it, it should be like a best offensive defenseman award. I think we've, I think we've mentioned this many times. Where yeah, yeah. Why can't we have two defenseman awards? You have your best offensive defenseman award, and yeah. it's literally like the Art Ross. Yeah, exactly. So score the most points. You get that award as the defenseman. You can't argue it. That's the winner. Yeah. But then you have, and and I guess in some seasons, you'd be like, yeah, that guy deserves both. Yeah. But you could actually then turn the other one to, who is an actual defenseman here? He's not yeah. scoring 79 points because uh, he gets 50 of them on the power play, and he's always jumping up in the rush, but he's a minus 10. It's like, well, obviously, like he's basically another forward out there. Yes, the position of defenseman has changed, but yeah. if he's also producing like that and holding up in his own end, then you're like, well, then he should get the Norris consideration as well, because he's providing value. And you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's sort of like a point shares thing or a Corsi thing, or like, uh, you know, there's got to be some way of measuring it, maybe to to sort of you know in the future. Maybe that's you know now that the NHL is going to like put all the trackers and stuff into players, so. You get yeah. their exact ice time and positioning and blah, bitty, blah blah. Um, you know, may- maybe we'll start to realize the value of some players when we look at those stats. But, but like, I think having just a purely offensive one would then take away the, the, the onus that I'm sure a lot of the sports writers feel where, well, that guy scored 75 points a defenseman. How am I not voting him for the Norris? I'm going to look like an a-hole. Like that's an incredible season. And it's like, yes, offensively, it's incredible. How good, like, does he play both ends? And I think, and it's it, a lot of people would say, "Yeah, we'll call it the Bobby Orr Award." I'm like, "No, no, Bobby Orr was great in both ends." <laughs> that's yeah. what call, made him. Call really it him the most. Paul Coffey. Yes, yeah, we should call it the Paul Coffey, and it's you know, not that Paul Coffey was awful in his own end, but like clearly he was an offensive superstar. Yeah, so that's not a bad idea.
0: So in 2012, I uh, I wrote a very long post on my old blog, which is now on my current blog, uh, about my general anger at the Norris trophy uh, and in 82 I was inclined to give it to Larry Robinson um, who I, I don't have his stats in front of me but I just looked up or or funnily enough or Rod Langway funnily enough um, yeah those were my two be- those were my two suggested better candidates than Doug Wilson um, the Haves were a better defensive team. Larry Robson probably didn't have any, anywhere near as good an offensive season, but was generally one of the best defensemen of his generation. And Rod Langway uh, would have been, uh, you know, he is some people say one of the best defensive defensemen of all time. So anyway, just just an FYI. I don't know. I I'm I'm fine with this. Like unlike Kevin Lowe, I'm not mad about Doug Wilson being in, but uh-huh. I do I do feel like if if such a trophy as we were just talking about existed in, in 1982, that he would have won it, and then people would have had a real conversation about the actual best defenseman in the league for yeah. the Norris. Um, and, and that's, you know, and I, listen, I was one. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I wasn't even one when the trophy was awarded. I was going to be one, and so I didn't watch... But I just, I think they saw the goals and they're like, yes, Norris. And it's just like, well, maybe not, maybe not. Anyway, I mean, it doesn't offend me that he's in, but he's also like, it was definitely not a thing that I was worried about them needing to correct with him not being in. I've seen people saying finally Doug Wilson and I did not feel that way. I was just like, (laughs) you know, as as you're always talking about Bill in a stricter hall, I don't think I'd put him in. Same here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, On the other I, hand, I he's not Given the current one, I think he should get in, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, he has. There's, there are worse players than him in the hall for sure.
1: Yeah. So, so I, I, I guess I'll give like a. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way: if you think that he shouldn't be in, and you buy me a beer, I will agree with you. And if you think he should be in, and <laughs> you buy me a beer, I will agree with you. There we go. <laughs> that makes sense. There. Yeah, yeah,
0: that makes sense to me. All right, so up next we have uh, someone with a bit of a different case, another uh, offensive defenseman, but who played a little while longer. Uh, Al McKenna. Yeah, played seven more seasons than Doug Wilson did. (laughs) Um, He played, uh, I didn't write down when he came in the league, 81 to to the lockout, so 2004. Uh, 23 seasons, 20 of them were quality by defense point shares. Um, it should come as no surprise that he is among the leaders, career leaders among defensemen in various offensive categories. I know we're all shocked. Um, yes. He is third defenseman all-time in, in total goals. He is third all-time in assists, and he's the 16th skater all-time in assists. And he's third in total points for defensemen. He is also plus a ridiculous plus 371. Um, when he returns uh, he was ninth, not when he retired, uh, but like he, his last season was, uh, he played three games, uh, in 2003, 2004. So the season before he was ninth all time and plus minus when he retired, or oh, sorry, ninth D he was the 10th and he is 16th all time total. Um, he played 1416 games, which is, you know, 1400 more than, or 400 more than Doug Wilson ish um he's 60 all-time and he has 195 point shares which puts him ninth all-time or the uh third defenseman all-time after bork and uh i'm gonna say either lindstrom or chelios but i'm not sure which um and it's worth pointing out we have ice time for him and get this we have ice time from 1998 to his retirement he averaged 27 minutes a game in his late 30s. Wow! So what was he playing when he was scoring 100 points? Yeah. Uh, in 1991, I don't know, but probably a lot.
1: Well, with with, uh, with Calgary, it was him and uh, Suter were like yeah. the, like that top pairing there, and they were just they were so annoying to play against. As a Canucks yeah. fan, I know they're extremely annoying to play against all the time. <laughs> So, uh, you know, uh, McInnes was one of those guys where it just, he, he was, he was such a difference maker because he was like, offensively had that massive weapon of a shot. So like, even if you stopped his slap shot, like it hit your goalie in the pad or hit him in the arm and did cripple him, it bounced right out and somebody just recycled that rebound. Like he was, he was a huge weapon. And not, like, on the power play especially, but not just on the power play. Like, you had to keep a guy basically in his jockstrap to keep him from getting the puck at the point. Because if he if he got a chance to wind up, like, man, you're in trouble. It was either going directly in, hurting one of your guys, or they were cashing in on the rebound. Like, it was – and your goalie was most of the time not wanting to stop it because, my God, what a shot. And it's yeah. – uh, you know, like – A lot of people, I'm sure now, just look at the velocity, right? I think the All-Star game, the highest he ever hit was like 101 or something like that. And it's like, I don't think you realize sort of how hard compared to everybody else he shot the puck and how much worse the goalie equipment was.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, they really weren't that covered up for a good, let's say, until 95, when the goalie equipment all of a sudden got huge. Until then, like, those poor goalies facing him must have just been terrified because he had a bomb. Uh, yeah. and it was like, it was well known that basically every time he wound up, somebody was getting hurt or he was scoring a goal or there was going to be a huge rebound. Like there was action every time he got the puck. like, Oh, because nobody wanted to block it. And like to, to that, to that, uh, to that point, uh, I was just actually reading an article about him just the other day. And, um, he apparently hit, uh, I think it was one of his backup goalies in practice, and he, like hit him right in the cup and the, the cup did not do what it was supposed to do and then like the guy was out for like two weeks with like yeah. a ruptured testicle yeah. and it's like dude like you you know he didn't mean to do it and it's practice so he's probably not even shooting it as hard as he can and it's like but in a game he's winding up and it's like he's, geez it was such it was and um there's another story i remember reading and i, I can't remember which players it, like it was sort of like uh before they had the Players' Tribune, just like a player telling an anecdote one day, and it must have been on the radio or something, or I read an article, and it was um, Al McInnes in a preseason game got the puck at the point when he was playing for St. Louis, and one of the guys in front of the net on the opposing team just yelled, Al's got the puck, and everybody just scattered. It's preseason, we don't want to get hit by it. So they all just jumped out of the way, and the other team had like three guys wide open in front of the net. That's really (laughs) funny. Yeah, it's really funny. He's like, "We're not getting killed in preseason." That guy like has an absolute cannon of a shot. Um, yeah, just like even just the intimidation of having that shot there, where he would wind up, and then he could look around for a pass because nobody was going to come and like slide in front of it. Just like, yeah, yeah. "No, nah, we're going to let this one go through." Come on, goalie, do your thing. So, um, it was uh, it was quite the remarkable uh, weapon. Where I don't think you could think of anybody who had a harder shot than him for pretty much his entire career, right? Maybe ally of Frady, um, Yeah. A little bit less control. <laughs> yes. Uh, but McInnes would like, his slap shot was like one-on-one standing still, basically. So yeah. It's, it's not good.
0: <laughs> no. Um, and, and, you know, this is one of the reasons why he has all the goals and uh, so many yeah. goals.
1: But, but he wasn't um, just a one-trick pony either, yeah. right? Like, he, he knew when to, like, take a little bit off it and make sure he hit his target. And he also knew when to, oh, somebody's actually trying to block this? I'm going to try not to kill this guy and
0: pass Well, and he has, he has <laughs> almost three times as many assists as he has goals, so. Yeah. Um, also, uh, before we get to the draft, I also want to mention he's ninth all-time in defensive point shares, uh, third all-time in defensemen, among defensemen in offensive point shares, uh, he's also seventh all time in goals per game, fifth all time in assists per game, and fifth all time in points per game among defensemen. So uh, his resume is a little more stacked than Doug Wilson's, <laughs> just say yeah, the least. a little, yeah. Just a little. So he was drafted uh, in uh, in eighty one. So 81. About, yeah, four years later from Doug Wilson. And I'm just waiting for the draft to load. Um Ooh, I,
1: was, and, I was alive for this.
0: Yeah, you were. I was, I alive was for not this by like ten days. I was not yet you're slightly older than me I was I was in utero when this draft happened. Um so uh he, he you'll be shocked. So this is the Dale Howard Chuck draft. It's a draft we talked about a bunch of times we talked about it with Ron Francis, Mark Hunter, yeah. or Mark Hunter, we talked about Dale Hunter. I mean um I think actually Dale Hunter may not have been this one and I was looking at Mark Hunter for some reason. I think oh, that's but, curious. yeah. Chris Chelios was in it too though, so like it's a You know, there's, like, there's two players with 1,500 games. There's eight players with 1,000 games. There's, I don't know, 20-something, maybe 30-something players with 500 games. So it was a pretty good draft. Um, Almecanis was 15th, and he turned out to be a pretty good pick because uh, in his draft year, um, he is uh, third in goal, second in assist, third in points. And of wow. course, first first defenseman, uh, as you'll be shocked to learn, so uh, he has more goals than you know most of the forwards. Uh, Chelios is next among defensemen in terms of goals with 185. Yeah. And uh, assist wise, um, the next defenseman is Chelios as well with 763. So that's slightly less than 200 off. And then points wise. Uh, McInnes is third and Chelios is fourth with 948 drops off pretty quickly because then Bob Carpenter is the next player after that. Yeah. Um, well, it's,
1: it's, it's an interesting draft because, you know, Al McInnes, like you're talking about how high up he is in stats, and obviously this is the Dale Howarchuk draft. And I think, yeah. uh, I think I'm think i pretty confident most people would say Dale Howarchuk was the best player out of the draft. Um, and Ron Francis, obviously, you know, in terms of like, Leadership, longevity, um, you know, uh, as a complete career, maybe you might want to put him one. You've got Grant Shearer and Mike Vernon, two uh, cup-winning goalies. And then you've got Al McKinnis, and you're like, you know, far and away, points-wise, he's the best defenseman. But then when you look at Chris Chelios, like, which one of them is the best defenseman in the class? Like, yeah. it's its a really good draft class. A lot of Hall of Famers for the first two rounds. Like, it's yeah. impressive.
0: And there's good goalies, too. Ben Beesbrook, Shearer, yep. Vernon. yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good draft. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah, the, that's the thing is like the best player in this draft for me, I would say it's, 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 it's tough. It's between McInnis, Chelios, Francis and Howard And honestly, i never saw Howard play really, you know, certainly didn't see his prime. Um, but like he, he was also on, he was unlucky, you know, like, um, went to Calgary, Chelios went to Montreal um, now Francis was also unlucky at least initially but like you know Howard Chuck never really played for a good team until I guess the Sabres were sort of good when he was on them um maybe one year but like you know I don't know what happens to his career if he, he if he's like drafted by I don't know like the Oilers or the the Flames or somebody instead of the Jets um yeah. I don't know what happens uh but like for me, having seen both McInnes and Chelios play, and and Francis way more than Howard Chuck, like my vote would be for either Chelios or McInnes as the best player. But that's just because I haven't seen enough Dale Howard Chuck in his prime.
1: Yeah, I I I think for me too. Um, um but I
0: I ask me to make up my mind between McInnes and Chelios. Uh, I don't know because I saw Chelios past his like peak, right? Like I'm. Yeah. It's old man Chelios that I watched. Yeah. And he was still quite good for many of those years. Oh, yeah. He but was like McKin- a totally, top McKinnis. four
1: defenseman almost until he retired.
0: Yeah, but McInnes was a top two defenseman almost until he retired. And so that from my memory hard. is that McInnes was better. But yeah, I also but know Chelios had amazing years uh, for Montreal and I also think, the Blackhawks. I, I
1: think there was about a, a five-year difference in when they retired, too, though. So.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Chelios played in, in over 200 more games than McInnes did. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah. so that's... So I, 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 I don't know, at their peak, I, I do remember Chelios being uh, just fantastic, like just annoying, and I didn't like him, but man, he was good. Uh, I, I think in terms of how their games aged, I think McInnes uh, kept his offensive prowess and was able to form that elite shutdown pairing with, uh, with Pronger where they could do everything and just yeah. basically eat up eat up half the game, the two of them. Yeah. Um, so I'd I, I, I tip it in favor of McInnes, but yeah, it's, it's, a t- it's it's close. Like, it's for sure close. Um,
0: well, and, and, and Chelios, I believe, has currently has one more Norris, I think. Or maybe two, I can't remember. Chelios has more Norrises than McInnes does. Um, but also, I feel like when I did my my big Norris article eight years ago i feel like chelio i like i came out thinking wow chelius is amazing that he might have even deserved another one um i don't remember that discovery of mcinnis but i don't remember off the top of my head um so era wise mcinnis looks really really good uh we looked at six defensemen to play in at least 1300 games on 16 seasons between 83 and uh 2003 and McInnes is first in goals and goals per game, second assist, assists, second in assists per game, second in points and second in points per game. And, of course, that's behind Ray Bork. Who else um, for that stuff? Uh, and he's second in offensive point shares and fourth in defensive point shares and second in point – oh, sorry, and point shares. Uh, so it's only in the defensive point share and that he doesn't look like one of the two best defensemen of that group. Um, his 82 game average is even more impressive than uh, Wilson's despite playing half of his career in the dead puck era, and that is 74 points per 82 games, which is pretty damn good. Yep. <laughs> and here, here is his three-year peak. 91 points per 80-game season, plus 34, and 25 goals a season for a defensive. Wow. Player. That's incredible. So, it is incredible. Um, he is... Uh, yeah, he's one of the best offensive defensemen of all time, obviously. Yeah. Um, Playoff-wise, he has more impressive numbers than Doug Wilson as well, which is not that surprising given what he did in the playoffs. Uh, he's fifth all-time in goals among defensemen, 10th all-time assists, and 22nd all-time in points. He's only plus 11, weirdly. Um And he's also 100. His 177 games put him as the uh, 14th defenseman all time in playoff games. He, of course, like Doug Wilson, was in the playoffs basically every season of his career. Just about. um, I mean, the first few year few years in Calgary, he wasn't in the playoffs. But since '83 '84, I think he didn't miss the playoffs. Is is my guess off the top of my head. Um, the era adjustment. I forgot to mention with Doug Wilson, it hurt him a bit. It knocked him down like seven points or something like that. Uh, with uh, per 82 games with Al McKinnison. knocks him down uh, four, five points because of course he played all that dead puck era time. Yeah. Um, but he uh, among if you adjust for era with Hockey Reference, he's still the fourth D all time in terms of goals. He's 20th all time in terms of assists among all skaters, and he's 40 in points. So still very much among the very top offensive defensemen ever. Uh, He also uh, looks pretty good uh, with the versus X adjustment. Uh, He's 220th in total goals, but he's 26th all-time in assists and 50th all-time in points. Um, And he's 24th all-time in adjusted assists per game. Which is saying something. So there is one trade that we want to talk about. And with Doug Wilson, uh, we skipped the trades because I'm an idiot and forgot to record it. Um, But it was like, I can't even remember what it was. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, Let me just double check (laughs) the Doug Wilson trade to make sure. I I think he might even left as a free agent. I don't remember. No, he was traded, but he was traded for somebody I've never heard of. So, Uh, (laughs) and a draft pick. Um, But again, at the sort of tail end of his career, when he was done, Al McInnes, it was pretty different. Um, it was in 1994, so you might have thought, well, you know, year 31. you're 31. You may be on the, the decline. But no, that was not true. Because, uh, of course, then he had a great career with um, St. Louis. So uh, he was traded with a fourth-round pick for Phil Housley. Uh, speaking of controversial Hall of Fame inductees, and uh, <laughs> Steve Bejean and John Tripp. So um, what do you think? You think Calgary wants that back?
1: Geez, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I can see the reasoning in some ways, right? You're, you're A, you're probably trying to keep salary down. And you're thinking, well, Al McInnes is, is getting old. But Phil Halsley was 30. It's not like he was young. Yeah. And and like there's no comparison. No. I know you get three players for like you're trading two assets for three assets, but like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> who was who was the GM? I don't know. It feels crazy to me.
1: Wait, wait I bet you it was Craig
0: Button. <laughs>
1: Almost guaranteed.
0: I I do wonder like if there was I haven't looked it up, but I wonder if there was a contract problem. Because it does feel like trading Al McInnes for Phil Housley is a step down. And I know I'm saying this with the benefit of hindsight. But, like, he had already won the... Uh, he hadn't won the Norris, but he'd won the Smythe, So, you know. Um, anyway. It just seems like a silly thing to do. But Al M- McInnes would go on to win the Norris. He won in 99. Um, infamously or famously, he won it one year and his, his uh, pairing partner, won it the next year. Um, He was also top five uh, for the Norris five other times, which is a lot. And Wilson was three other times, I think I said. Um, So, uh, you know, he he won it. uh, Sorry, he was was top five in 89, he was top five in 90, uh, top five in 91 again, and then he was top five in 94, and then, of course, he won it as a bit of an outlier um, later on in '99, when he was uh, older, and well, he was actually he also finished top five in, in his final full season, which is very very impressive. Um, and Hockey Reference, unlike Doug Wilson, Hockey References uh, defensive player metric thinks he was the best defenseman in 1999. It's worth noting, and has him uh, as a top ten defensive player, not not a defensive player five times. Um, but he also Hockey Reference has him as a top five player in the league twice and top ten six times, so. and that's because he scored so much. Um, he never scored anywhere near as many goals in a season as Doug Wilson did, but he, he scored uh, 25 goals four times, and he's one of just it's just him, Coffee, Poor, and Potvent. And he also scored 15 goals 11 times, and it's just him, Bork, Housley, and Poppen. So he did that a lot. Assists. He has similar crazy. Uh, he scored 70 assists once. He's only one of nine defensemen, but he also scored 40 assists 14 times. Um, and only five D have ever done that: him, Bork, Lindstrom, Coffee, and Larry Murphy. So, uh, he, you know, and and the you can you can do this with all sorts of things with the points. He scored 100 points once, only. Or Coffee, leech, and Potvin did it as well. 90 points twice, only Coffee or Bork and Potvin did it. You know, it just goes on like this. He he, uh, pick, pick a pick a offensive season, and he's one of only a few defensemen to have it. I mean, he's one of the best offensive defensemen in history. It's very clear. I think. Um, he was a first team All Star four times, which is crazy. That's a lot. And That's, that a, is a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's a second team All Star an additional three times, which is like. Making seven end of season all star teams in an NHL career is pretty good. Um, you know, it's relatively rare, I would say. Uh, it's worth noting that uh, with the versus X adjustment that we started introducing from Hockey's Future uh, Hockey History Board, he's also uh, his best seven seasons uh, in terms of assists ranked 92nd all time points 194th remember he is a defenseman um and lastly we have his best teams uh he won the consmite in 1989 when they won the championship and i don't know about you bill but this is one that i know we're gonna have our own Consumite series later mm. but i have always been fine with this one i mean he led the playoffs in points as a defenseman wow but <laughs> like, it's like he hit 31 points in 22 games. And I mean, he led the playoffs in assistant points. I just, I think, I've heard people say, like, why do you, why do you criticize uh, a guy for winning the Norris for his numbers, but then say it's okay for a defenseman to win the Consmite? They're different awards. Yeah. You know, if you, if you're a defenseman and you leave the playoffs in scoring and your team wins the Stanley Cup, I think yeah. are, the art, the, the burden of proof is on the people who think you shouldn't win the cons mice. Right? Absolutely. You know? yeah. Cause that's only happened what, twice? Three times. Sorry. Three players. Bobby Orr, uh Al McInnes and Brian Leach, I think. God damn are, they only, are they only are the only defensemen <laughs> to have to won sorry, to have led the playoffs in points, at least since expansion, anyway. Um, So he also, uh, in the 1986 playoffs, in which the Flames went to the finals, he also led the playoffs in assists, and he tied for the team leading points. And then he was also uh, a top 2D on the uh, 2001 Blues, who went to the conference finals. Um, So those are his best NHL teams. He also won a gold medal as a depth player on the uh, 2002 Canadian team. And, uh, he won the Canada cup in 91 with Canada. So, um, that's a resume.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's just pretty good. Like, just like pretty to point good.
1: out by the way that, uh, McInnes and Leach winning the cons Smythe are both years that pissed me off to no end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. It's not your fault.
0: <laughs> no, it is.
1: Um, yeah, so uh, there's a few little extra in- interesting things about McInnes. Um, so his trade, uh, the Flames offered him $2.5 million Canadian, okay. uh, but he signed an offer sheet with the Blues for $3.5 million US. Oh, I uh, didn't know that. Okay. Which, would, which at the time would have made him the fourth highest paid player in the NHL. But this was also the summer of 1994, and the Flames had been, uh, they won the Pacific Division and they uh, they finished number two. Um, and, uh, they ended up losing to Vancouver in seven games, the Pavel Bregel, and then yeah. McKinnis left after that. So, um, okay. it, it seemed like the flames were both unwilling to pay him and also maybe looking to go in a different direction,
2: um, mm-hmm.
1: because of that upset. And, uh, and, uh, so McKinnis because he was a restricted free agent, the blues had to send Phil Housley and, uh, Two second-round draft picks and compensation. So well, that makes sort of way more sense. Happen. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes way more sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult, you know. Uh, McInnis, a lot of his family is from from Calgary. They said it was really difficult, but uh, you know, sort of like I guess he could see that the Blues might be an up-and-coming team, and uh, you know, the way that Calgary lost that year, I think a lot of people expected them to make a Cup run that year, and they lost in the first round. And uh, so I think, and I think it was just sort of this team's kind of getting stale that, you know, Gilmore was gone. And it's like, maybe without, you know, Gilmore here, maybe we can't do it. So it's like, yeah, maybe that was sort of the last hurrah for them. Um, and then uh, we were talking about his retirement before in 2004. Um, I completely forgot this, but obviously I, I would have remembered it at the time. Um, he, uh, he ended up uh, suffering a, uh, an eye injury. Uh, oh, that's
2: injury. right.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and it was right before the lockout. Uh, yeah. so, uh, so, and, and, uh, he was the captain at the time. I think Pronger had sort of insisted that, uh, because he took over from Pronger and then when Pronger came back, he said, just, you know, let Al keep it. Um, but he only played three games that season in, uh, in 2003, 2004, uh, cause he suffered an eye injury and it was a detached retina. Um, yeah. And then so he missed that. And then after the 2004-2005 NHL season was cancelled, he basically felt like he couldn't come back and compete at a high enough level, so he announced his retirement. Um, so I guess he, he tried to play and was like, no, it's, you know, the vision's not there, or just it's been yeah. too long of a layoff. You know, I missed a whole season, and then we had a whole season lockout. I haven't played in two years. so uh, So he decided to retire. So I completely forgot about that. I'm really glad I looked it up. Um,
0: I yeah, the moment you said it, I was like, Oh, I totally remember hearing about that, but I had totally forgotten until you said it. Yeah, 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 that really sucks because I mean, yeah. I guess he could have played as long as Chelios if he would not had the eye injury. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah,
1: yeah, especially mm-hmm. if he kept playing with Pronger, right?
0: Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Pronger got moved, uh,
1: yeah, well, probably because they didn't the have that, that dynamic duo anymore, right? So,
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe the Pronger trade doesn't happen if, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: They would have kept them together, presumably.
0: Was it a trade or free agency? I don't remember. It might have been free agency. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, all right. Uh, I, I mean, it's a stupid question, yay or nay. Like, it's just a dumb question. Uh, <laughs> he's, you know, even even if... The, the thing about Amakinis is that we know... Uh, I mean, I know from watching him, uh, but also from the Norris and in the ice time and stuff is that like this is a guy who transitioned very well into older age and became a much i don't know if he was a reliable defensive defenseman in the 80s but i know he was in the early 2000s because i watched him yeah i had a weird thing for the blues like i something about that that those teams the like pronger mckinnis blues i i don't know why i actually remember being like so torn because I also had this weird thing for the Sharks when the Sharks had the, like crazy Blues upset. I was just like, yeah. I didn't know what to do because yeah, I really the, the
2: Roman Turk goal from the
0: center right? Yeah, yeah. Like half of me was like, "This is amazing," and half of me was super sad because I had this weird irrational attachment to the Blues. I don't know why. Right. I just remember being so impressed with both of those guys. Uh, and the, the, fact that the was, a cup, I Yeah, and the fact that McInnis was like as old as he was and playing like that yeah. was just always like blew me away. Um, yeah, they, they and, had a really good team. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, it's easy to write off offensive defensemen sometimes. It feels easy to do it. And we can maybe even write Doug Wilson off a little bit because, like, he doesn't have a similar, like, renaissance in terms of, like, in his own end. But Al McKinnis did. And I think, you know, I. I I mean, it's obvious he belongs in the Hall of Fame, and I think the real question is, like, where is he ranked all-time among defensemen? And I don't know the answer to that, but I do feel like sometimes he gets forgotten a little bit um, because, you know, people really remember, they remember the Pronger heart, which I strongly, as we talked about on the show, deserved. But, like, you know that his his Norris the previous year gets forgotten a little bit, and like just how long he played, how good he was. You know he's he often feels to me like he's more like you know a trivia question. Name the num name the defenseman who have won the cons myth, or name the defenseman who have scored a hundred points in a season. You know, um, and like you said, also his shot. He's also famous for his shot. But I don't know. I just I just feel like he had a, a, a extremely good career. And I don't know yeah, where I mean, I'm going
1: that's the thing. We remember him for the gigantic shot, but he was so much more than just the shot. Yeah. Like knowing how to use that weapon too. Right. There's been some guys who shoot the hell out of the puck. You're Like, dude, you can't hit the broad side of the barn. And you never pass. Like everybody knows what to do against you. And then there's yeah. other guys who, you know, know when to, Oh, that guy's in my way. I'm not going to fire. I'm going to step to the side and then, you know, hit this guy at the side of the net. And everybody's moved up to block my shot. And he's wide open, you know, like there's, some guys have that vision from the point and other guys don't, you know, so yeah, it was more definitely more than just a big shot.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I think I think I, I, I would have to like look at people to figure out where I would rank them. But I think that like top 10 defensemen all time is is not unreasonable. Um, and I don't know. Uh, it gets tough top five seems perhaps a little too far uh more than too far i think but top 10 i think seems unreasonable or reasonable as a position for him probably i I don't it would depend on how how strong you weigh like the early the early guys but certainly post expansion he's definitely top 10 easily um anyway i i don't know how you feel it's it's tough right because like I'm just try, like thinking off the top of my head. I'm like, okay, like Bobby Orr, Doug Harvey, Nicholas Lindstrom, Ray Bork. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm already at four. And, you know, there's, there's, I'm sure I'm forgetting people. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Lastly.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I mean, the, the Al McInnes vote's going to be pretty clear. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, lastly, we have Burke Corbo, who, as I, like, said earlier i remembered is not in the hockey hall of fame um he is our old timer he played in the nhl from 1917 until 1927 and before that he played in the nhl from nha my apologies from 1914 to 1917 um he played 10 seasons like i said in the nhl and he was good he when he retired in 27. He was 22nd all-time in goals, despite being a defenseman. He was 8th all-time in assists and 18th all-time in points. Third in games played and 8th in point shares. So at least by point shares, he was one of the top 10 players of the 1920s, at least uh, up through uh, 1927. So that's good. Um, Of course, point shares back then in particular are extraordinarily unreliable, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have the we have the information we have. Like there's nothing we can do about it, right? Yeah. Um He was also twenty-fifth all time in assists per game when he retired. Uh that's that's you know, uh that's a games requirement, not an assist requirement, because uh he doesn't meet the hockey reference assists. Um hockey reference requires you to score three hundred assists in order to qualify to the leaderboards. And of course nobody had three hundred assists in nineteen twenty seven, so um, and uh, he was fifth all-time in defensive point shares, uh, so fifth best defenseman all-time, according to how he when he retired. Who knows what that means? He had an extraordinary, uh, I would say an extraordinary, uh, well, anyway, uh, his numbers are pretty damn good. It might not sound like it, but his 82-game average was 35 uh, points, which sounds like nothing, but it was it, as as we've talked about many times, the first couple years of the NHL were an explosion of scoring, and then the whole rest of the 20s were not. They were the opposite of that. So, or maybe in the fr- it was just the first season it might have been that was the explosion of scoring, and then they didn't score at all, so like 35 points for a defenseman per 82 games is really good. His, his three-year peak 24-game average of 14 points for a defenseman, that's that's quite good for the era. Um NHL playoff numbers are are bad because the playoffs were really short, and half of the playoffs were, like, or half. A third of the playoffs were not even in the NHL. They were outside of it, so they were with other leagues. But he scored four points in nine games, which, again, for a defenseman of the era, pretty good. Uh, the hockey reference adjustment is stupid uh, for the 20s. So. <laughs> and, he, unfortunately, yeah, 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 349 Total points, 111 points per 82 games, supposedly, according to their adjustment, which is really hilarious. Uh, he doesn't qualify for the versus X adjustment because he didn't score enough, which is not a surprise. We have some trades. Uh, it's hard to know what to make of them because uh, we don't know much about uh, one of the player. One of the times he was just traded to another team for cash, so who the hell knows? The other time he was traded with Amos Arbor and George Carey for Ken Randall who I believe was a goalie, and for Corb Denany, who we talked about. Yeah! Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Corb Denany, the not-as-good-as-side Denany. Denany. Um, yes. I mean, I don't know. It's weird that Burt Corbo was, like, part of three guys moved for two guys, uh, because Burt Corbo was good, and Corb Denany was sort of good. I was wrong. Ken Randall was actually a, a forward and defenseman. Um, I don't know. It. I mean, I've never watched hockey in this period, obviously, but like, it does feel like Burt Corbo might be the best player in that trade, and so it's weird that he was... Does, eh? was some, yeah, yeah. yeah. A weird, but whatever. Um, in the NHA, uh, he scored uh, 23 points in 60 games, and uh, he might be 15th all-time in assists per game. Uh, he had a 20-game average of eight points, um, and he scored two points in two playoff games. So, uh, you know, in, far from the best NHA numbers we've ever seen. But he also joined in 1914, um, when the league was halfway through its career. And uh, it just so happened that he, he then made a good decision for him in, in sticking with the NHL. I think he was from... He's from Ontario, though, so it makes sense that he played in the NHL rather than the PCHA. Yeah. So uh, his Hall of Fame case mostly runs uh, on the fact that hockey, hockey's uh, defensive point shares paint him as very, very good. So he, he was supposedly the best defenseman in 2018, or no, Jesus, 1918. He was apparently a top five defenseman in 1919 and 1921, And he was top 10 also in 1920 and 22. He was also top 5 in assists once. So, because the assists weren't really tracked much back then, um, it's hard to... uh, I mean, you know, who knows how much he was actually doing that. They seemed kind of random uh, back then. Anyway, I mean, he was, at least according to Point shares one of the best defensemen of his era. It's hard to know what that means because you know it's it's a really point shares from from uh, back then from before uh, goal differential was calculated or, or essentially made up a little bit um, he was on the uh, he was on the Canadians when they uh, they went to the uh, sorry they um, when they went to the final and and in, you know we talked about it in the Spanish flu episode when the series was canceled Yep, <laughs> and that's unfortunate for him because the other time uh, he was a he was possibly the best defenseman on the uh, Canadians the year before, but they didn't actually win they they were eliminated in the playoffs and didn't go to the Cup. And then he was in another Stanley Cup final in in 1917, uh, but they didn't win that year either. So he was unlucky in that regard. <laughs>
2: Sounds Maybe,
0: like it. Yeah. yeah. He was in the he was either in the NHL final or the cup final three seasons in a row and Arone, he never won.
1: Jeez. So it sucks. Hey, almost you got you got the Marion Hossa treatment.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was on the same team though.
1: Yeah, I know. Well yeah, Hossa sort of did it to himself.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um so I mean, I don't know. I mean I'm kinda leaning with no, uh, because there's not enough information to say yes.
1: Yeah, it feels like if he wasn't in already and they, they sort of uh, you have to assume that uh, you know the sports writers kind of went through a lot of these old timey guys and were like, oh I remember him, he was a heck of a player, like, let's put him in because there was, there was an era where they were putting in like, what was it, like the in the 50s I think, they put yeah. in like all those old timers, like I think there was one year they like put in like 20 guys um, yeah. so I, I figure if he didn't get in then, maybe he just he shouldn't be in, but uh, yeah You know, maybe if those three unlucky years he actually wins those cups,
0: then I think he's probably in, right? So I think if he wins one of those cups, he's probably in. But I don't, I don't know. Who knows how they were thinking back then?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, if we had some kind of like actual metric that said yes, he was the best defenseman in 1918, and like a top whatever in some other years, I might be inclined to put him in, but. I've no idea. Like, I have yeah. just no idea.
1: It's really tough. It's uh It's a shame he didn't play in Montreal cuz that would have been uh he would have had a good nickname.
0: He did play Montreal.
1: Well, then why wasn't how come he's not well known as The Crow then?
0: I, I don't I don't know. I thought Corbo was Raven for some reason.
1: No, it's Crow. Oh, okay. Ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> I I don't know. I I figure like, I I guess maybe just.
0: just, So, uh, so this is a very weird thing to say and I apologize, but there is a classic, classic French film, um, from that was made crazily enough in like during world war two when they were occupied by the Germans. Well, I think it was in, it might've been made in Vichy, uh, before the Germans, uh, like took over Rishi, yeah. Uh, and it's a it's a mystery, and it's called Le Corbeau, and it's oh. translated into English as the Raven. So somebody fucked up. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know.
1: I I I it might qualify for both in French because they're it, different birds. Pretty pretty similar, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it's uh it, it may translate. I've I've always called Corbeau a crow, but I I think you know. I, could you tell me the difference between a raven and a crow? I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I I, I think... Um, aren't ravens way bigger?
1: I, I don't know.
0: I thought they were way bigger.
1: Yeah, I, I just looked it up right now. Transl- raven also translates as cubable.
0: Okay, cool. So,
1: there you go.
0: So, uh, we've gone way, re- way, way off the rails <laughs> here. I apologize. But <laughs> the, okay. the raven... Uh, the Raven is, is a larger bird than the crow. Well, there you go. So I was correct about that, but, uh, they're probably related in
1: some way. Jerome probably should have known that before he put all of his money on the crow.
0: (laughs) We've really got off the rails.
1: Yeah. Well, if we're going to go off topic, we might as well, right? We almost have to tell that story. Now, when we were in university, we, we went to a, before UFC was really a big thing. There was a UFC style event at the local thing. So we did like a guy's night out One yeah, of our at, friends the, at the hockey arena the poster and was fully on board with the, the, athlete named the crow and like took basically took a day off of classes to make a big sign. It was like the yeah. crow. And then the guy yeah. no, got knocked out in the first five seconds. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Hilariously like just, wow, that guy's out cold. Like how did that happen?
0: <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I
0: also, if I have not told you this before, I was I was like basically nauseous through that whole thing, but I I felt like I couldn't let anyone know because I thought I would be made fun of for the next four years. I'm I'm so, pretty sure you would have been, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I I just there was blood, there was blood in these oh, in these matches, right. and I, we were quite close. We were sitting very close, and I was yeah. just like, oh my god, I do not like the sight of blood.
2: Yeah, in, I, in I, real I, life,
0: I, I'm, I I'm in horror movies. So, <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, like, oh. Uh, Anyway, but I did really, really enjoy when the crow lost in five seconds. This was this was my roommate who made the sign, so um, so I got. It a big was pick. really
1: funny though that he
0: it kept was talking really funny. the crow all
1: week, and then he immediately got knocked out. Yeah, it was really <laughs> poor funny. guy. Yeah.
0: All right. Anyway, speaking of crows, um, so <laughs> Doug Wilson, yay or nay? Uh,
1: yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is, that's how I feel. I sort of a shrug. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's not offensive. And, like, maybe a stricter Hall he doesn't get in, but we have the Hall of Fame. We have the Hall of Fame. We have the Hall of Fame that we have, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Al McInnes. Slam dunk. Yes, me too. And then finally, Bert, the Raven, or the Crow, Corbo. Sorry, I screwed that up. It's
1: okay. Still funny either way.
0: Um,
1: I'm going to go with a no just because we we actually have no way of knowing how good he was. So if he's not already in, I have to assume there's a reason. Uh, yeah. or just he, he was unremarkable enough to be overlooked.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I agree. Uh, I don't think there's anything definitive here that can tell us that he belongs. All right, well, that's it for us this episode. And next episode, we are going to, you should tune in because we are going to rant and rave about Kevin Lowe. Yay! Um, <laughs> so please tune in to that one, and we will see you then. Take care.